everybody and welcome to the house of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 238 are open. Today on the show, Pokemon news is ramping up and is Donkey Kong a top 25 video game character of all time? Who bloody knows? But I'm glad you're here. I hope you're going well. And I hope you're having a bloody fantastic day whenever and wherever you are listening to this. Very much appreciate you visiting me here at the House of Mario. Sometimes it gets a little bit lonely. <laughs> no, not really. I've got video games. I've got my wife. i got uh, I got Lucas. i got uh, I got a lot of things keeping me occupied. Don't you worry about that. I've actually... I'm actually recording this in a different circumstance than usual. Usually, I'm, I don't know. I might do it on the weekend or whatever, but... You know, just to peel back that fourth wall, I'm actually recording this on a Monday. Just got home from work and look at that. The house is quiet. Quick, record a podcast, for goodness sakes, while I got the time. And today was like the first hot day in probably, I don't know, a month. Now I've been sweating at work. I got home and I look in the mirror and I just got salt all over my face. And I don't know if this is a normal thing or not. I know, I know salt comes out in your sweat. But for me, and this has always been the case, is when I sweat and then it dries, I just got like salt on my face. I could like, I could salt your fish and chips. I could just rub my face and all the bloody, uh, bloody salt comes off and you can dab your, <laughs> dab your chip on my forehead. Mm, that's quite tasty. That's nice seasoning on your head there, mate. I'm like, yeah, no worries about that. I don't know. It's always been something that I've found a little bit strange. I don't know. It, it, it sort of, it got pointed out to me when I was playing soccer uh, one of my mates was like, what's all that white stuff on your head? And I just like wipe my head. It's just like salt just like drips down. And probably the worst thing about it is like it gets my eyes and it stings like anything. It, 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 it sucks. It's no good. It's like, um, it's like if you go for a swim in the ocean. <laughs> but it's like it's a lot saltier. <laughs> anyway, enough of my rambling. Let's get into some housekeeping, guys. Just to let you guys know that I am going all all in on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash iDruby. We do have add iDruby on there. So that's uh, that's cool. So you can go to youtube.com slash iDruby and uh, you can get there. I've actually just done an unboxing of the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet limited edition Switch OLED, which I'm holding up to the camera there. Very, very much enjoyed um, unboxing that one. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> just a bit behind the scenes of that video though. Um, I, I did the unboxing, had a great time. I'm like, wow, this is a great console. I'll look back at the computer. Mm, hasn't been recording. Hmm. I don't know how that happened. It recorded like the first 20 seconds, then it stopped. And I'm like, all right, well, it's not the end of the world, I guess. I can, uh, I can box it back up and I can, <laughs> I can do it again. So that's exactly what I had to do. And, um, like, when I when I was putting all, all the Joy Cons back in the wrapper and that, the one thing that would not go back in was the Switch dock. It would not. I could not get the bubble wrap to go back like into its little like you know white um, packaging. So yeah, that, that 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 was frustrating. And there was one person in the comments that called me out. I'm like, well, what can you do? I'm sorry about that. But just about the actual unit itself, guys. I'm really quite happy with this thing. It's awesome. But with all of my Pokemon Switch uh, switches that I've bought, <laughs> there's always been a little, well, fair bit of buyer's remorse, and they were they were with a uh, Switch lights because uh, with Pokemon Sword and Shield there was a special edition. There was like the blue and pink each uh, each side of the the Switch unit itself, and on the back you got Zacian and Zamazenta. Uh, really nice Switch line, and the same with Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Really nice design with Palkia and Diagla. But, the, you know, the Switch Lite, it's a, it's a $330 console here in Australia. But the, the OLED model, you know, it's, a, it's an expensive piece of kit. But there's a part of me that just could not allow myself <laughs> to not have... So I've got to keep the Pokemon side of the collection going. So I purchased it and now it's actually sitting here on the desk. I'm not using it. Like, I'm still going to use my vanilla OLED model. Um... So there's a little bit of buyer's remorse there. 550 bucks. I'm like, you know what? There's there's other things like within the hobby that I want to spend my money on. <laughs> so I'm like, I was thinking today, like, should I take it back? Like, honestly, should I take it back? <laughs> so th that's sort of my mindset at the moment. Who knows? I probably won't take it back. Um, even maybe even through 
sheer laziness. <laughs> That's maybe the reason why it won't be taken back. But um, just the unit itself, guys, I think the thing that stands out to me the most is the dock. I love just like the white OLED model switch, um, the switch dock. It looks really nice, sleek. Like your switch can go in there a lot easier. Like that's all like the the practical stuff. But we're all about the looks here when it comes to limited editions. And on the front of it, we got uh, what are the names again? Maradon and uh, Maradon Karadon. That's right, the new legendaries. And um, they look absolutely stunning. And when you actually move the switch dock, you can actually see like the different reflections of um, like it's got like a different gradient of like triangles and stuff in the background that just like shines. It looks really nice on the back. You've got like the Pokeball logo and um, the switch unit itself is nice too. You've got a bunch of like graffiti from like team stars with the starter Pokemon on the back. It's really nice. So if you're like, if you're a big Pokemon fan, you're feeling the hype for Scarlet and Violet, go and go and pick it up. And if you, especially if you don't have an OLED model, I think the OLED is, um is the way to play handheld mode. Um, but I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to just like how things look. Um, and I was getting to the point of my original switch where I'm like, man, I just want to kind of, I kind of just want to play this on my iPad or something. Cause the iPad or, you know, your iPhone or whatever device you have, it just looks so much better. And then the OLED model brought it up to that standard. So yeah, no, it's a sort of a, a great addition to get into if you want a, a nice, nice, uh, nice looking switch, which isn't, uh, isn't just white. <laughs> But we're going to be talking a little bit more about that later. Let's get into Guru Geek Outs. And this is where I share some things throughout the week that have really made me happy. And maybe shout outs to some other content creators out there that I think are doing a fantastic job. All courteous of, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> of, uh, who's it courteous of? I don't know where I was going with that, but um, it, it's all it's all a memory of Bobby Paul's <laughs> Nintendo Guru. I think I was going to say like courteous of Bobby Paul's Nintendo Guru, but then I'm, I got caught up in my words. But that it's not really what I'm trying to say. But it's all it's all to remember the Nintendo Guru for his uh, all his positive impact on the Nintendo community. So the first thing is I went to my local rural show um, this weekend. Took my wife. Lucas and we had a fantastic time. You know, took Lucas to the petting zoo. He he really liked the pig. And keep in mind, this is a um, a nine month old, so he's just sort of looking and staring and whatever. But he loved the pig. He liked the sheep. Um, he grabbed a chicken by the feathers, and we're like, oh no no, don't do that, mate. <laughs> I think he would have. I think he would have ripped this poor chicken's head off if he had the opportunity. Uh, but he loved the petting zoo. Loved all that. Loved the rides. Um, we got like um, chocolate frappes, and he just like he had pretty much all the cream on that. He loved the cream. I don't think he's had cream before. Um, so we had an absolutely fantastic time there. But personally for me, something that I really did not expect to see, and this really warmed my heart. I posted about this on Twitter, if you follow me at iDruby on Twitter. But there's this section where like all the primary schools and schools, you know, put their artwork and their projects. You know, it's just things they want to show off that they've been doing. And I remember doing this when I was a little kid at primary school. You do like paintings. I remember actually making show bags and molding uh, like chocolate chocolate uh, eggs and that, making your own show bags. It was a lot of fun. So going around like this section always brings back a lot of nostalgia for me. So looking around, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a nice artwork. I actually saw artwork from um, from my son <laughs> in uh, when he goes to childcare. He just like, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> you obviously, yeah, I didn't expect to see that. But um, what, what I absolutely love seeing is one of the primary schools, they had a section set up there and they had a section set up where it just said like podcasting. And they had a bunch of QR codes, a bunch of quotes from these kids about, you know, what what their project was. And the whole idea was basically they these um, year three students at primary school were given a task to make their own podcast. And from what I can tell, like I scanned the QR code and I went to their Spotify and I think it's like each kid, I think they've got to like do a five minute episode and that counts as the podcast. But I thought it was absolutely awesome awesome that these kids were given the opportunity to uh, make their own podcast. I think it was really cool because like you see lots of artwork and all this stuff, but personally for me as someone who loves podcasting, loves podcasts, I love the whole medium. I love, love all of it. I'll be so happy if I could, um, if I could just live in podcast land. <laughs> 
Um, but like the whole idea of like these kids being given the opportunity to, you know, just record, do the, um, the artwork, like just everything that goes into making and creating a podcast. And, you know, for me, like, you know, I started doing this as an adult talking to a microphone, putting myself out there, but I can imagine what it's like for how old will these kids be about nine year old kids being able to, you know, sit in front of a microphone and, do a podcast, learn how to interview, do all this stuff. Maybe they'll go forward when they're in high school and they'll do it, you know, just with their friends in their free time because it's so accessible now. And, um, you know, for me, it's put my self-confidence up that little bit to, you know, where it, um, (laughs) where it needs to be. I've always been, I've always really lacked self-confidence, especially in high school and, and school. So, you know, I think it's great for these kids and it, it really warms my heart as a brand new father who, will be, you know, sending my son to school and uh, he'll have the opportunity to, you know, do some of these things. Cause in, I remember in my high school, I wanted to like, I wanted to learn photography, you know, graphic design on the computers. And we just weren't offered that opportunity. Like the, the programs just weren't that good, weren't that strong. So I really do hope that, you know, going forward that all of these opportunities and these new technologies and all that will be introduced to the kids. And um, I think the funniest thing was like, you know, on this uh, poster that was just displayed on the wall, there was just, (laughs) there's just all these comments from the kids being like, you know, what their favorite aspect of uh, creating the podcast was. And um, I was just thinking about it now. I should, I should bring it up if, um, if I can remember what it was, but a lot, a lot of them just enjoyed doing the, the, uh, the artwork, which I thought was hilarious. If I zoom into the picture here, uh, I'll read one from the thing. Uh, my favorite thing about podcasting was making the cover art. Then you read another one. My favorite thing about podcasting was making the cover art. <laughs> There's some that I can't read because it's too small on the picture that I've got. But podcasting made me feel excited and happy. And my favorite thing about podcasts, uh, podcast was asking my friends questions and planning the podcast and doing the podcast. <laughs> How cute is that? The experience was good and it was kind of tricky and it was fun. That's good. <laughs> My favorite bit of our podcast was making our cover art. <laughs> and I can imagine that. Like, you know, some kids are a bit more shy. They just want to sit back and, you know, be creative. I used to love drawing and that when I was a, a young kid at primary school too. Whether it's just doodles or anything, maybe not anything worthwhile. But, um, you know, I, it just warmed my heart. It really did. I would actually love to um find out, like, what teacher planned that and actually have a discussion with her and, um, with them and uh, just uh, sort of see what see what it's all about. Why why they thought that was um, an awesome idea? Because um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of teachers that just do the the same thing. Just keep on pushing forward. Just like oh look, we've got to teach. Just like bring in podcasts and bring in some of this new stuff that come around in the last decade. Anyway, awesome stuff. I've also been listening to an audio book called YouTube Secrets, and like I said earlier, I'm trying to push. Uh, the YouTube channel, I'm listening to like a lot of sort of informational stuff while I'm working. I've got my AirPods in while I'm crutching sheep, crutching and shearing sheep. And uh, that's a great time just to catch up on shows that I enjoy. But I'm also like, I want to really, you know, get some education, I guess, learn some things. Um, so the YouTube Secrets book was, um, it, it's, uh, it's it's been really good. And not only for, you know, just uh, learning things and putting ideas in my head for things I could implement on the YouTube channel and the podcast and all of that, but also just uh, just bringing up my my energy, just like making me excited because, you know, when you go into work every day and this time of year is a, it's a, it's a grind, it's hard, um, it's a, it really did put a pep in my step. And um, this book is brought to you by someone, oh, what's his name, Sean, Sean Cannell from uh, Think Media. I don't know if any of you guys who have been looking into sort of the YouTube side of things, wanting to be a creator or um, just learning this stuff, it's definitely definitely worth checking out the YouTube channel, Think Media. I think they've been great. So yeah, really have enjoyed that. So that's basically been my, my, um, my Guru Geek Outs this week. Um, so yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, it had a great, absolutely great weekend, and that that was one of the things that made me just, just so happy was seeing those kids, um, giving podcasting a shot. 
Um, so this week, as far as my gaming goes, it has been a lot of um, basically running around with <laughs> running around with family and that. And um, I knocked off work a little bit early on Friday, and that allowed me to do the half an hour drive, get in before 5.30 to pick up the Switch OLED model. Actually got the Xbox fridge as well. And that was a pre-order that I completely forgot about. <laughs> I got a text message from EB Games being like, your Xbox fridge is in. Um, can I please have $200? I'm like, shit. Do I, like, do I want to be spending 200 bucks right now on top of the 500 bucks on another Switch? Um, the answer was no, but I don't know. I might, get it. might, might enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of it's been, um, you know, checking that out, just playing some, just nothing really to write home about on Switch, just, you know, a bit of Smash Brothers Mario Kart, just like for 15 minutes here and there. And I think um, I haven't really had the time to get back into Bayonetta 3 and even thinking about like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I can't believe it's coming out next week. Like it's a bit over a week now. So basically... 10 days, 10 days from time of recording this. So that is just nuts. That's that, that has snuck up on me so quick. I think, um, all these game releases, I'm like, Oh my God, it's that time already. And Pokemon's one, that I'm usually just like, like it feels like forever to come out, but not, not in this case, <laughs> not in this case. So we don't actually have that much news this week either. Um, just a little bit of information. Um, about basically Ubisoft details the new Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope season pass. And it's just a simple Twitter post. It's from Nintendo Australia. Check out what's in store for Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope season pass. So the DLC 1, which is coming early 2023, is the Tower of Doom. And then uh, you get uh, your DLC 2, which is coming the middle of 2023, which is Heroes... Uh, I've got to zoom in. It's a bit too small for me. <laughs> Heroes confront a mysterious foe on a new enchanting planet. So that looks pretty cool. We've got like an image here of a sort of a evilish looking rabbit. We've got a bob in the background within like a, a forest area. Looks pretty cool. And the, the one that actually got me interested in the game, just full stop, was... DLC 3, which is in this case, coming out late 2023, which is the Rayman DLC. Which are Rayman, uh, Rabid Peach and Rabid Mario embark on their own adventure. And that's what I'm excited for. So uh, what basically this means for me is I do not have to rush to get to Sparks of Hope because I, I just want, I want the game to be wrapped up before I get into DLC 3 pretty much because I'm I've I'm been a massive Rayman fan. As far as Ubisoft goes, Rayman's my man. I absolutely love Rayman Origins, Rayman Legends. They could even be my favorite platformers of all time. Um like really thinking about it, I love Rayman Legends so much. I think it's uh I think it's phenomenal. And it's so cheap on Switch if you haven't played it already. Um, but yeah, we just haven't seen any Rayman and it's kind of breaking my heart. They're doing everything but Rayman. Oh, I guess they're not doing um, Splinter Cell either. Like you're getting like a remake of the first game. But apart from that, that's been dormant for ages as well. I think I think Ubisoft just like says, you know what? We've got some good IP. Let's, uh, let's not do that. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I hope we do get more characters than just Rayman and like Rabbit Peach, Rabbit Mario. I would love to see so much more Rayman characters in there. Um, there's like, uh, there's Glowbox, which is that, I don't even know how to describe him. Some big thing with weird lips. I don't know. Uh, you got Barbara from Rayman Legends. You got the Tinsies, which you collect throughout both of those games and, and Rayman 1, 1, 2, 3. Um, there's, there's so many interesting characters in Rayman. I would love to see them be controllable in the game. Um, I don't. I don't just want sort of yeah, the rabbits. A little bit boring, but anyway, let's move to some Pokemon stuff. This is just a bit of FYI for you guys. Uh, the Pokemon Plus Platoon Splatfest shirts are now available to pre-order. So I'm just going to read this from Vooks.net to get all of the information. Uh, you've been asking, we've been watching, and now they're available to pre-order. To celebrate the upcoming Splatoon plus Pokemon Splatfest, Nintendo said they would have some themed t-shirts to celebrate. And how? And here they are. You can pre-order the shirts now, but they won't be released into January 20th, 2023. All right, you can't even use it for the Splatfest. That's a shame. There's also a limit of one type 
of shirt per customer. Makes sense. Adult shirts are 40 bucks and the kids' ones are 30 bucks in all sizes. Unfortunately for this rider, there's nothing above XL <laughs> for the mass for the more bigger gentlemen. Hopefully we get some key rings uh, that North America got last night. And oh, there's an update. They did. Cool. We got uh, some Splatoon key rings. Uh, so who's the rider here? Oh, Daniel. So Daniel, who actually runs Vooks. Cool. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Daniel, I hope you get your XL, mate. Or maybe um, just just like stretch your, stretch your medium. <laughs> that's what I've got to do sometimes, depending on uh, what sizes they are. So, yeah, that's actually pretty cool, but it kind of beats the point of um, not coming, <laughs> not being able to wear them for the Splatfest. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And uh, this is the the bigger Pokemon news that has actually come officially. And I will just say that there's been lots of leaks for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet over the last couple of days. And that is going to ramp up drastically over the next week or so. Pokemon games, they always leak like crazy and Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, they've been leaking for a long time, but now they are leaking. And this, this uh, particular Pokemon actually did leak through Pokemon Go. But um, I will say that I follow a uh, Twitter account called Centro Leaks. And um, I got a notification that um, someone retweeted one of their posts and the House of Mario account on Twitter notified me and I clicked on them. Oh, cool. I don't, I don't know. I, didn't, I sort of just click on notifications to get rid of them, right? I actually don't care what they are. But um, it comes up like, oh, this is the, this is the, the evolution to Fake Coco. And it's just like a, it's a blurry screenshot of a Switch. My, oh, God, no, don't want to see that. So I got like a bit of a glimpse what it was. I think it was a middle, middle evolution. wasn't the final evolution. didn't look that big. Um, but just a big warning to you guys out there. Um, if you don't want spoilers like myself, I've been keeping away from content creators that I enjoy watching. I've been staying away from all sorts of things. And uh, it's, 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 that's one of the, uh, the benefits of being uh, busy with a son this year, actually, is I just haven't been uh, consuming Pokemon leaks and all that stuff. But officially, we do know this. A brand new Pokemon Gimme Ghoul was revealed and uh, you can actually get some different versions of it by linking your Pokemon Go and Violet and Scarlet um, next year. So I'm going to read this from Vooks.net so we can get the full details as well. Over the weekend, at the conclusion of the Pokemon Go Community Day Classic, a new Pokemon announced in the game without a name and was just following you around. Now it's been revealed to be Gimme Ghoul a Pokemon that has two forms, one that we saw in Pokemon Go, which is the roaming form, and the other, which is um, which is a chest, and that's called a uh, chest form. Um, I'm just adding that in because that's not in the article. Uh, yes, the coins you were collecting in Pokemon Go fill him up. Uh, he's literally a bug, literally a bug, a ch- treasure chest. Okay, gotcha. Uh, the new trailer for Gimme Girl... Uh, also revealed that linking between Pokemon Violet and Scarlet and Pokemon Go will be enabled in 2023. You won't be able to send Pokemon from Scarlet and Violet directly to Go. However, linking the games will allow you to get the roaming form Gimme Ghoul in Pokemon Go. Um, how you collect Gimme Ghoul in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet remains to be seen. As in Paldea, he's said to run away from trainers. And there's a quite a long trailer that I actually watched on Twitter. I'm sure it's on YouTube and everywhere as well. But it has Professor Willow and a professor from Violet and Scarlet having a bit of a bit of a chat to each other about the differences between Gimme Ghoul in each of their regions, I guess. Whatever region Pokemon Go is in the world, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Australia region, as far as I'm concerned. Um but they have two forms. In Pokemon Go, it's a roaming form. You've got a Pokemon that just like has a, a big coin on its back, some weird antennas, some some yellow eyes. Kind of, it's a strange looking Pokemon, and it's just getting around. And um, in uh, in the actual uh, Violet and Scarlet, we've got the, that Pokemon is in a treasure chest full of coins, and they're sort of acting differently um, depending on what forms they are. And uh, it's, it's kind of a cool concept. I like it. I'm keen to learn more about it as I play. And it also gives us something to, I guess, kind of look forward to. Like, you know, we'll burn through Pokemon Violet and Scarlet in the first, you know, until Christmas time, I dare say, in the next three months. Well, it's not three months. It, like I said, time time's going quick. It's uh, six weeks about, isn't it? Yeah, jeez. 
But um, yeah, we'll, we'll burn through it until Christmas time, I guess. And then early next year, we'll have like, you know, a few things like, like linking to Pokemon Go, have some events to play in that and just enjoy it. Um, enjoy the game. I, I, I quite like the idea. And, you know, you can, you can see through it. It's just the, the whole thing, thing is to get like, get people playing Pokemon Go to get into Violet and Scarlet and vice versa. And um, I've actually been picking up Pokemon Go the last couple of days. Um, I picked it up for the Dratini uh, Classic event, which was a lot of fun. I only picked it up and there was a spawn at my house. I caught them all. I got one shiny and that's all I sort of did. And I went through, opened and sent gifts. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just find that fun. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Like, you know, it's nothing, nothing special or whatever. But I've, I've, I've been sort of turned off Pokemon Go in the last, like last few months. I haven't been playing it for a little while, to be honest. And um, before then I was addicted to it. I was, you know, spending probably 30 bucks a month getting my resources or whatever I need and spending tickets for safari zones and whatever. But then I'm like, they made some changes and I'm like, ah, it made it easy to put down, but I, um, I do miss it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, give me ghoul. We'll, uh, we'll see you next year, mate. We got this article from Nintendo Life, and it's titled "Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Pre-orders Are Already Breaking Records in Japan." So I haven't read this yet, but um, yeah, it's Pokemon. I'm sure it's pretty popular in Japan. Let's read. <laughs> We're just weeks out from the global release of Pokemon Violet and Scarlet on Nintendo Switch. If you've been wondering about the interest in the lead-up, here's a small sample of data from local chain of video game stores in Japan's. Uh, in Japan, um, as highlighted by a Twitter account, uh, pre-orders at uh, COMG for the uh, new generation of Pokemon games coming to the Nintendo Switch have already surpassed the first three-day sales made by any Pokemon game on Switch. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has surpassed the first three days sales made by any Pokemon game on Switch only with pre-orders 14 days before launch. So we've got numbers for Animal Crossing New Horizons, 400 and what's it actually saying here? 434 watt. I'm actually not sure. But anyway, continue the article. Uh, Cerebri.net webmaster Joe Merrick chimed in, noting how this game is going to be a monster when it arrives. It's not just Japan where the pre-orders for Pokemon Scarlet are looking healthier either. Over on Amazon, both versions of the game are already charting in the best sellers video game category. If you would like to secure your own copies, be be sure to check out their affiliate link, I dare say, which is which is fair enough. Go and support Nintendo Life. So this was, um, it's not really a surprise, I guess. You know, we saw just how big Sword and Shield was. That was the biggest, that was, that's the best-selling Pokemon game since, since the originals, like the second best Pokemon games ever. So that is, you know, it's not that surprising. There's a lot of controversy around... Um, Sword and Shield, obviously just within the niche of the hardcore Pokemon community on Twitter. I think it just, uh, as far as like parents looking for something for their kids to enjoy over Christmas time or whatever, I don't think uh, I don't think that mattered one bit. Of course, it's only just uh, us big nerds here that were like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, none of that is surrounding Scarlet and Violet. The Switch has a, a much bigger install base three years later, so we're actually able to. You know, there's more people to buy it. And of course that install base could just be me with my two, <laughs> my two OLEDs, my normal switch and my three lights. That could be the install base as well. So yeah, man, I, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm looking forward to Scarlet and Violet. I can't wait to uh, dig into it. Um, Cause especially for me, like Pokemon, it's, um, like for many of you, it's, it's, it's comfort food at this point. Like, you know, I know what I'm getting into. I don't have to learn too many mechanics. I've got the type chart sorted out. And um, apart from that, it's going to be fun just discovering new Pokemon in an open world adventure. I'm really, uh, really looking forward to it. So yeah, congratulations to the Game Freak on the already successful pre-order launch. <laughs> well done. I hope, um, hope the game lives up to its hype. I'm sure, I'm sure it might. <laughs> I'm sure it might. <laughs> And uh, last news story I've got here is a job listing for Pokemon dev creatures and it mentions R&D for next generation hardware. And I brought this up just out of interest just to let you guys know, have it in the back of your head. Um, but of course, Nintendo is always going to be developing 
next generation next generation hardware. But anyway, the article reads, the Pokemon franchise is not just a Nintendo IP. It's actually owned by three different companies. Nintendo, Creatures Inc. and Game Freak are all involved in the development process of the new Pokemon games. One of the three companies, Creatures, has been discovered by a Reddit user to be currently hiring. They are currently looking for a 3D, 3D CG modeler according to a recent job listing. However, what makes the job listing somewhat interesting is that it mentions research and development for other next-gen hardware. It also mentions the Unity and Unreal Engine video game engines, as well as the same service overall that the job listing has. Um, so this is... What's interesting maybe about the, the engines that they specify here is that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were um, unique because they were built on a completely different engine to other Pokemon games. Game Freak has their priority... Um, engine that they use for you know sun and moon uh what am i thinking <laughs> sword and shield and uh what's it called uh, pokemon legends arceus gonna be a blank here guys sorry i must be having an aneurysm or something and um i assume that's that's the same engine that's moving on to violet and scarlet as well i, I don't know obviously but uh yeah brilliant diamond shining pearl used unity and what's actually really cool about them using unity is that the mod scene for brilliant diamond shining pearl is insane. That game is just blown open because people don't have the tools to just rip open Game Freak's engine. You know, only Game Freak know how to use their engine along with um, the Pokemon company and creatures. But Unity, you can download it yourself. <laughs> you can fill around with it. I, I can learn it just with a bit of free time. I can go on some go on YouTube and I can do some tutorials and I could probably learn some things and implement some things into the game. So if um if like more Pokemon games actually use Unity, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the fan base and the modding scene actually utilize it, because some really cool things have actually come out of it. Because um they made it like they made it like basically look better, just like more cell shaded. They made it run at sixty frames a second on Switch, because the game only runs at thirty frames a second. And you'll think for Pokemon turn based strategy, the Pokemon are just idling there doing a move you think 30 frames that you know wouldn't make a difference between 30 and 60 but the animations look just look so much better and obviously more smooth than at 30 frames and i don't know i don't know why they didn't do that anyway i think um they just you know they're just choosing the battery life over over animations i guess that's fair enough but yeah watching some youtubers do like their let's plays i'm like why does the game look so good and that's because they got a hacked switch and uh, all these modders that have been just breaking Unity apart and uh, implementing these things, um, yeah, they've they've made um, <laughs> put a lot in it, even to the point where they've actually put all of the Pokemon into the games as well. But um, it's cool that um, it's going to be interesting just to see how Pokemon looks in the next generation. And typically, when we hear like next generation hardware, we assume Nintendo. But could you imagine if they're referring to like PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X? Um, that, that's just a, that's just like a that's just something I'm throwing out there not not be, not because it will ever happen like 100% it will never happen but just for the sake of conversation while I'm thinking like next generation hardware that'll be that'll be pretty cool I don't know there'll be something about it just like seeing Pokemon run on a PlayStation 5 probably the same let's be honest <laughs> all right so let's move into the red coin releases. It's actually been a pretty decent week for um, video game releases this week, so let's get into it. So first up, we got Harvestella, and this has been a game I've been keeping my eye on since it was announced in a third-party Nintendo Direct earlier this year. So Square Enix presents Harvestella, a brand new lifestyle simulation RPG. In a vibrant and colourful world, players will tend their crops, befriend the town folk, overcome threats, and discover the origins of the world and the truth behind the calamity along the way. The story begins when a player wakes up in the middle of Quietus, a calamity that comes with each change of the season and threatens all life. Jesus Christ, sounds like being a farmer in real life. Tell you what, you know, th this year has been a bit of a rough year as far as the farm goes. Like, you know, as far as the crops go. So I can, I don't, I don't know if I need to play Harvestella at all. Because um, down here in uh, South Australia, the, the, the part of the, the state where I am, we grow broad beans. And typically we grow them because we got just um, hard black soil. And it's great for that because you know, a lot of the water gets 
um, you know, sucked up by by that soil. Um, but this year, they're a write-off, man. It's no good. We've got too much rain. We got too many bugs. We got we got it's 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 been a write-off throughout the whole the whole district. So I don't know if I need to be like I, I don't know if I need to play a game all about a calamity that comes with each change of a season and threatens all life. Yeah, I might give that one a miss at least for now. That's a, it's a good sale game. You can pick it up now for 85 bucks on the Nintendo eShop here in Australia. So yeah, no, I don't need any calamity in my life. Let's um let's not do that. Next up we've got Shatter Remastered Deluxe. You can get it for 12 bucks. Relive an award-winning classic that redefined the brick breaker genre. Uh, Shatter Remastered Deluxe brings back the brick breaking action. Travel through 10 distinct worlds and battle. Uh, 10 unique bosses packed with amazing physics effects, power-ups, and special effects. Take control of the playing field with the innovative suck and blow mechanic. Oh my god! I love a good innovative suck and blow mechanic. Um, Altering the game to your benefit and changing up your ultimate ability, Shardstorm. So I've heard a little bit about this game actually through um, a podcast that I listen to called Sacred Symbols. And um, host on that show brings up that this was a PlayStation Network game um, all those years ago as well. So I'm like, cool, sounds interesting. And for 12 bucks, I actually might give it a go. Sounds like a good game for me at the moment. Just something to pick up. Don't no commitment. Just try and beat a high score. So that might be might be the way to go on my wish list at least. Anyway, next up we got It Takes Two. The port is finally out on Nintendo Switch, and the uh, t- little uh, little write up here is. We're better together. Embark on the craziest journey of your life in It Takes Two, a, gener- a genre-bending platform adventure created purely for co-op. Invite a friend and join for free with a friend's pass and work together across a huge variety of gleeful, disruptive gameplay challenges. Master unique and connected character abilities in every new level. Help each, each other through unexpected obstacles and laugh out loud moments. Embrace the heartfelt story of a fractured relationship. It Takes Two was developed by Hazelight, the industry leader in cooperative play. So this has been out for a little while on all other platforms. That's nice if it's coming out on Switch. When it was first shown, it was one of those games where it's like, oh, that looks rough. Like graphically, you can tell it t- took a hit. <laughs> but it's a it's a you know split screen a split screen game. So you know that's the case with all split screen games, um, as far as any platform you're playing on. Even to the point where you know Halo Infinite on Xbox Series X, they just they scrapped the whole idea of cat co-op um, uh, uh, multiplayer. Um, yeah, so it's good that it's on Switch. Sixty bucks if you want to pick it up. So yeah, that that's uh, that wraps that up. Bunch of games on Switch, but um, they're the ones that uh, stood out to me. All right, so let's get into Sakurai's phone booth before we wrap up the show, and uh, we've got a few questions this week, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, let's, uh, let's pick up the phone. Konnichiwa, Dairanto Smash Brothers Director Sora no Sakurai desu. All right, so first of all, we got a um, I guess uh, a voice call from Wacko Jacko, good friend of mine. So Wacko, take it away, my friend. Yeah, good day, Drew. Wacko Jacko here from the Wacko Jacko show. I'm here with uh, Inkling. Wacko Say hello, Jacko Inkling. Uh, Inkling wants to know: uh, Have you completed the story mode in Splatoon Three? Um, yeah, I've completed it. It's a lot of fun. Um, Wumi goes through a lot of tests and trials and. Uh, yeah, some stuff goes down, man. It's really, it's really frightening. It's Wilmy hasn't uh, really recovered, haven't you, Wilmy? <laughs> yeah, she's she's petrified. But uh, yeah, you should uh, play Story Mode already if you haven't finished it yet. Yeah, well, you're calling me out here on the show, Wacko Jacko. I've not finished Splatoon Three <laughs> uh, solo campaign, and um, yeah, like you said, if you <laughs> if I haven't finished, I should. Damn right, I should. I really should. That's something that I've got to wrap up um, before we end up the year. And it was something that I was really enjoying as well. I, I, I've been enjoying, um, you know, most of the games I've been playing this year. But uh, I get distracted. Like on a normal basis, I get distracted too easily anyway. But when it comes to being like, 
when it comes to just like when I'm home, especially now, like with sharing that, I'm just, I'm ready to, I, I just sort of want to watch something. Just, um, you know, I'm using my hands all day. I've got sore hands and maybe I just want to sit down and watch something. I always hate, this is, this is a pet peeve of mine for other podcasts. So I really don't want to do this, but I really don't want to be talking into your ear, telling, telling you how tired I am because <laughs> you're probably, probably at work trying to distract yourself and like, why am I listening to this guy just being, like, this guy's tired. Like, it's not interesting. I don't know about that. I want to hear about, I want to hear about games or whatever. And that's something that's really sort of, it's probably, probably been the hardest thing to um, come to terms with or work out um, as far as, you know, going solo with the house of Mario, because like I, I want to be able to cover all of these games to best of my ability but there are sometimes a year, there are some, you know, sometimes in Lucas's life or um, other commitments, whatever, you know, video games are always going to come last. And it's a, uh, it's an unfortunate thing, <laughs> but I'm always going to try the best I can. And Splatoon 3 is definitely up there because I really enjoyed just like going through each level and the OCD in Splatoon 3 really triggers me as well. Cause like not <laughs> even in a multiplayer match playing, playing, <laughs> playing the game, I'm just like, shh. I'm like, see like a little gap, a little dot, but it hasn't been covered in ink. And it's not going to matter to the actual overall <laughs> thing of like the match. You're not going to win a match because I colored that bit in, but I've got to, I've got to get it. I'm like, oh God, no, it just, it doesn't look right. I've got to make sure it's complete. Um, so like playing through this, the single player, I'm just there, just like doing every level, doing everything before I go, um, making sure all of that muck is cleaned up. And uh, before I progress, I'm like, maybe I should just try and mainline it. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to get into it, man. Um, I'm not really there for the story. I've got to be honest. I've never been into Splatoon lore. And that's probably probably coming from a naive point of view as well. Just like not aware of what's going on. But I've always been there just for the gameplay and like just the the crazy characters as far as, you know, you, you're meeting them in the in the main hub area in the multiplayer and all that stuff too. It's always been like a, a main multiplayer game like Splatoon 2 back in 2017. I was, I was on it a fair bit, but yeah, I need to get more into Splatoon 3. Cause like a lot of these games as well, like, you know, Bayonetta 3 really snuck up. And oh my God, that's this week. And um, you know, ever since it's, it's been like that, even with Pokemon coming out this week as or end of next week as well. So yes, Wacko Jacko, I will get to it if I don't, um, then I, you can punish me in some way. I don't know how you can, how you want to punish me, whether you want to give me a bit of a smack on the hand or you want to, uh, just really make my life a living hell. <laughs> but Wacko Jacko, thank you very much for your question. Very much appreciate it. I hope, um, I don't know. <laughs> my answer was no. <laughs> Next up, we got Josh from Nintendovania. Josh, what do you got to say, mate? Hey, Drew, this is Josh from Nintendvania. Oh. Just watched your unboxing of the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Special Edition OLED Switch. It looks awesome. Wish I could buy one. Um, I'm going to stop myself from doing that, though. My question for you, though, this episode is, which previous Switch game do you wish had a tie-in Special Edition Switch with it? And, you know, like, what, what would you like to see the design of it be? Let me know. Oh, we'll let you know, Josh. Don't you worry about that, my friend. Um, I think f for me, like, I've, I've never been a massive fan, like, just over the moon, like, oh, my God, I need that when it comes to the special edition Nintendo Switches. Even with the Pokemon one, like, I, you know, <laughs> I say I could have left it, but I didn't. I didn't. So maybe maybe that's not true. <laughs> but the Splatoon 3 one looked awesome. The Pokemon one looks awesome. Um, there's been a few duds in the past, like... The, the Smash Brothers one, unfortunately, was a massive dud. Had, like, a black and white print on the dock. And then the Joy-Cons were grey, and they just had, like, the Smash Ball cross across both of them. But when they're split, it just looks like it's got lines on the Joy-Con. I think that was a massive miss. Um, and there's been some... Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee actually had a really great special edition as well, just with, like, the, the yellow and brown Joy-Cons. And on the back, I had like a bit of a bit of a print of like Pikachu and Eevee sort of um, across the back. But it had to, you have to look pretty closely to see it. It doesn't stand out like the Pokemon Violet and Scarlet Special Edition one. So typically for me, I've always been a little bit disappointed in the Switch Limited Editions. 
outside of the Switch Lite, I think the Switch Lite actually nails it with uh, the two Pokemon ones or the different colors. I think that's a lot more fun looking device. But the one Switch limited edition that I absolutely love is uh, the Mario one, which I actually, I got, I replaced my launch day Switch with that Switch. And for those that don't know, it's like an all red Switch. So everything apart from the screen and the border around the screen is red. And it's the only Switch that isn't black, which I think looks awesome. It's like my favorite red. It's my favorite color. And I love the look of it so much. The Joy-Cons were like that deep Mario red as well. And the even the dock was red. And like the, the Joy-Con grip was uh, Mario's overalls blue. Just a phenomenal looking Switch unit. I've loved it so much. And honestly, it really hurt when this OLED model come out. And I had to move from this nice red vibrant looking Switch to the OLED model. It, it kind of sucked. I'm like, oh, I love the look of it. I love the look of it so much. But I'm not taking... You know, I'm not going to like not take the upgrades of like the screen, the, um, the kickstand, um, I don't know, is that it? <laughs> uh, you know, whatever comes with the OLED model, like the upgrades. So, um, I think for me, like a, a switch going forward, I just want it to be like a nice vibrant and different looking color. I don't want it just to be black with some printing on the back. I want it to be like just really represent the game a little bit more ex- apart from just the patterning on the back. Um, so for me, like what games are coming out next year that I'd love to see? And I think this is obvious and I think I will be buying buying another Switch for this for purely this reason. But um, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will 100% have a Switch model limited edition there's there's no there's there's no ifs there's no buts there will be a switch limited edition zelda and i will be buying it even if it has like a i don't know a triforce just on the power button i'm like oh that's nice look at that triforce on the power button does that represent power when you turn it on oh ganondorf he's a good bloke he's got the power button anyway that 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 is what i really want and i don't want it just be like you know just the black switch Triforce on the kickstand, you know, you got like Link's face on the right Joy-Con, you got Zelda's face on the left Joy-Con. We've seen a lot of these, um, you know, just the typical Zelda look when it comes to the consoles that they've put out in the past. Um, You typically look at um, like, well, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the the, uh, the Joy-Cons like that came out the same time Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD came out. And they were like your typical Zelda look, you know, blue with like the um, like the fancy looking border. All of that looked very Zelda. But personally, for me, like I want to, I want to go back to the 3DS days when it comes to Zelda. Like the uh, the 3DS XL that came out the same time as Link Between Worlds, that golden Switch XL. That is one of the best looking systems I've seen in my whole life. That is beautiful, golden. Triforce, open it up. The buttons look awesome. That is stunning. And even like with like the new 3DS, I, I think um, that was probably the best looking one. Personally for me, when the 3DS went and got the brand new model, the new 3DS XL um, with Majora's Mask 3D, they brought out a Majora's Mask limited edition as well. And that is an awesome looking console. Gold um, looks awesome. You got the Majora's Mask on the top of the system. Um, even the, the 2DS XL, um, that had a really awesome Hyrule edition with like the Hyrule shield, like imprinted on the top of the unit, similar to like the Pokeball one that I actually own where you can press in the Pokeball. Now these handhelds that Nintendo have been putting out, there's always been really awesome looking variations of them. And for me, the switch doesn't have, it hasn't reached that as far as just like, Whoa, I need that. Like that's just me. I know some of you guys are like, you know, the Violent Scarlet OLED, that, that might be it for you. If you picked up the Splatoon 3 OLED and you th- that's that for you, that's that's great. But I, I just want it to be like decked out, just decked out to the max, just really show off that customization as far as what they can do. Like imagine a Switch. It's not black at all, apart from the, the border of the screen or whatever. It's completely gold. On the back, we've got like all the decals and, you know, whatever you expect from the brand new game with like the Triforce, you know, whatever whatever uh, logos and icons are from that game. And um, just like pure gold Joy-Cons, 
like the the dock isn't just white with an imprint on it. It's actually something else, like maybe even the blue dock. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a not a designer here, so um, that, that's what it would be for me. It's just like a pure, purely something different, but isn't just the black plastic that we see on the normal switch. And that could that could be purple. Could be could be any color. I don't care. But something that goes back to that Mario edition that actually has. Just it's completely different. It's just red. <laughs> it doesn't even look Mario. It just looks red, which I think is awesome. So I hope I answered your question, Josh. Thank you very much for sending that in. Um, you do, you do an awesome um, awesome thing for me every week, sending me a question in via Facebook Messenger. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> so next up, we got a question from my good friend Simon Blackburn, who actually drew the uh, the artwork for the House of Mario, which looks awesome. I every time I look at it, it makes me happy. So big shout out to to Simon and Simon asked just like, what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on Twitter? And uh, for those that know, this is a non Nintendo question, obviously, but um, the current state of Twitter. So for those that don't know, Elon Musk is uh, officially taken over Twitter. He's uh, sacked some of the CEOs and the CEOs. So they're gone and he's uh, making some changes such as, you know, you can pay money to get a check mark instead of just being a verified user, you know, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, the other day on Twitter, I went down some rabbit holes, like, you know, the far right, the far left in America, you know, certain things Elon Musk represents to those communities, some things that he's said, you know, things that aren't, um, you know, I try to stay out of. And honestly, for me, guys, Twitter is actually a really positive place for me. I, I hear so much of bad stuff about Twitter. And for me, Twitter's probably... the it is the social media that has got me addicted and checking it and actually utilizing it for stuff that I do with the podcast and stuff. Um, so actually I really enjoy Twitter. So I, I've got my fingers crossed that everything going forward will be a positive change for Elon Musk and whatever he does. Um, just at a bare minimum, a bare minimum, just don't um, mess up what I enjoy. But as far as like, you know, the check mark thing, like for me, like paying eight bucks and I can get a check mark, like that, that's all great. Like good for me, I guess. Um, but what about the uh, accounts that, you know, try to trick you when you're like saying, look, we're PlayStation and we're doing a big announcement, but the account is just a fake account and someone's just trying to troll. Like accounts like that can literally just be like, all right, well, I, I guess I can buy a check mark. And it kind of just, just gets rid of the whole purpose because it, it just makes it into like a status thing. It makes it into a worse thing. I think um, you know, the whole checkmark thing on Twitter has just become like a, you just want to have the checkmark just to, in some ways, just be like, hey, look, I'm superior. I'm important. I'm this, I'm that. And in in some ways, it's like, well, that's, that's fair enough. You've got plenty of followers. People want to pretend that they're you. It's an easy way just to make sure that, you know, you are who you are when you're reading their, their content. But yeah, I'm not sure how that goes. But as, as far as like, um, you know, Twitter's going to be burnt to the ground and um, he's going to ruin the whole thing. That's to be decided, I guess. I I, I don't think that he will. I think um, I think that how it's all coming off at the moment is a little bit strange. He's just like throwing ideas out there. And I, I'm sure there's a massive like products team at Twitter that's got to put it through its paces and do testing and all that. But the way Elon seems to be is just like, if it was me running a blog and making some changes, <laughs> not quite sure, but I think it's, I think it's going to be fine in, in all honesty. Uh, next up, we got a question from Ashley Hobley and a good friend of the show from the explosion explosion network. And uh, he asked, is Donkey Kong a top 25 video game character? And he, he at the explosion network and today, actually on the Monday I'm recording, um, I noticed that they've uh, hit episode 200. So congratulations to Dylan, Ash, Sheree, and uh, Kieran at the Explosion Network for hitting 200 episodes of the Arcade Couch. So big congratulations there. But they actually released an episode for episode 200 called Celebrating Episode 200 by Crafting the Top two, oh, sorry, top 25 Video Game Characters of All Time Shortlist. And I guess that's why I asked. It was on top of mine. It's like, oh, look, let's see what Drew thinks since he's doing a since he's doing a Nintendo podcast. But uh, it, this is a hard question. So I think um, obviously I don't have all these characters to um, just off the top of my head to be like, all right, top, top, <laughs> I can't talk, top 25 video game characters 
I'm not quite sure, but as far as Donkey Kong goes, it's a little bit interesting because you look at, obviously look at the history of Donkey Kong. No one's going to argue with you that how important and how iconic Donkey Kong is as a character um, in video games. You know, that's where, you know, Mario sort of spawned from the Donkey Kong arcade game as the playable character and evolved from there. And the Donkey Kong games themselves, like they're just so iconic as far as the arcade scene and then moving on to like even Atari, then um, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Um, like one of the best Game Boy games that I think a lot of people overlook is Donkey Kong 94, which is, you know, a, a puzzle game, a puzzle platformer where you're playing as Mario. I don't, I'm not sure if he's officially Mario at this point. He must be. Um, in the game, and it's I, I played it on the virtual console on 3DS, and I got addicted to it, man. It was awesome. So I actually got a physical copy now, but there's just so many levels in it, and it's just so well done. It's um just phenomenal. Um, so just looking back at Donkey Kong's history, there's there's no denying of how important Donkey Kong was to the video game industry, and even to the point maybe getting getting um getting the industry out of the slump it was when Nintendo. Um, basically revived the industry from the big video game crash thanks to Atari and all their shovelware. But these days, there are so many characters with, like, I guess story arcs, all of that, and Donkey Kong is not a prominent character in 2022. So you're very much looking at a historical perspective and I'm not quite sure because you can look at like, say, like, you know, God of War Ragnarok comes out next week. Um, oh, this week, actually. That's another game that's uh, sneaking up on me. <laughs> comes out this week. And that game has just got amazing reviews. And the character arc that Kratos goes on is just, you know, phenomenal. So if that's a story that resonates with you, you would put him in that list. Got a lot of like characters from just story games like... Um, you know, from Naughty Dog and et cetera on the PlayStation side. And, you know, you've got characters like Mario, which are, which you bond through with gameplay. I think you, like the feeling of Mario is so important to that character. It's not um, necessarily what he says or what he does or um, a big, <laughs> big revelation in their story of what they need to overcome. But it's about the gameplay. It's about the character. It's about how it makes you happy and, um, that's a different way that a character can be implemented into one of the best video game characters of all time, which is where a lot of Nintendo characters sit because they're not about story. You think about like Link as a character. The whole idea of Link is to put yourself into his shoes and go on the adventure, which personally for me, I prefer if um, Nintendo just said, this is Link and this is his story and this is, this is his character development over the story. I prefer them actually... Um, yeah, I prefer them to go that route with Zelda a little bit more because the whole the whole thing the whole series is just so lore focused and character focused with the the villain and the princess, but Link's just this silent man. <laughs> so I prefer them to probably just you know take the bull by the horns and just make uh, Link a bit more of his own character rather than just trying to make him the the vessel for the player. Um, but Donkey Kong, not sure. I think for me, he would have to be in there somewhere just from a historic point of view. Maybe, and if he's not, maybe at like 26 or something. Because I'm, I'm sure you guys have like a, a bunch of characters that you've enjoyed throughout the years. And whether it was like, oh my God, this character just meant so much to me. Like even thinking like, for me, like the Telltale Walking Dead games with Lee and Clem Clementine, I could put them together as like one duo or whatever. That, that is a super important um important characters to me over my gaming life um you know like even like you know nathan drake he's just like a, a fun go-getter um ellie and um joel from the last of us um you know they've got like massive sort of character arcs as well as far as you know what they go through throughout the course of the two games um so it de depends on what you're looking for in the character but yeah, Donkey Kong should be in there. Why not? I'll make that. I'll make that decision. So, Ash, when I listen to episode two hundred um, later this week, if Donkey Kong's not in there, I'll um, I'll nod my head and I'll probably I'll be fine with it. <laughs> All right. 
So another question we got from Dane Peavy, which uh, I've lost Twitter. I've lost it. Elon Musk, you monster. I've already, I've already lost Twitter. Just getting back into my profile here. And it's really nice that uh, Dane Peavy actually wrote in. I, I love Dane so much. Um, was it Christmas time this year? I, you know, back, um, back late last year, I was, I, I was in, I was in a bad place just purely because, um, yeah, I lost, uh, lost a member of my family, like my dog. And, um, yeah, Dane reached out and he actually sent me a booster box of Pokemon cards. So Dane, that's, that's never forgotten, mate. That's, um, that means so much for me. Um, but he sent in the question, can you please recommend an anime series or movie you loved watching to add to my list? Cheers, mate. And uh, I haven't watched anime in a little while apart from, I, I actually put on the new series of Pokemon the other day. I try and brainwash my son <laughs> while he's playing in the same room. He didn't pay any attention to it. Couldn't give a shit about the new Pokemon. And I was watching him like, ah, this is very much a kid's show. <laughs> I don't have the nostalgia for this era of uh, the Pokemon anime, so um, I don't have to watch that. But, you know, for me, I, I used to watch, um, this is an old one, but it might be an old, might be a goodie, actually. Uh, K-On! I don't know if anybody's heard of it. It's a slice of life anime. I was watching it in 2012. Um, so there's a few seasons of it. It's basically this uh, this this group at, sc- at, uh, at high school that get together, make a band, and they just play like a bunch of really catchy... Um, Japanese pop, and I, I I really like it. It's just so heartwarming and lovely. I think it's uh it's one of my favorites. Another one from back then was actually Black Rock Shooter as well, and I, this isn't necessarily one to add to your list, but this is one that I absolutely loved. Um, the whole thing of Black Rock Shooter is um like it was it I think it was a Vocaloid song, and it got made into a, like a music video, and it was just like this really weird, obscure sort of world that was set up had this like you know you got your ch- typical anime chick who's like wearing short shorts and some weird bikini or whatever but she's got like this massive sword and she's just fighting these just obscure enemies which is just really weird and watching the show was all about the visuals and all that and the story literally made no sense <laughs> but that was that was one of uh, one of my favorites and uh, actually i watched a movie i really enjoyed the other day as well but i can't re- don't have the name of it here so i can't recommend it but apart from that, man, I don't have I don't have any like big animes to watch. Typically, for me, like I think I don't watch them as much now because my my wife she doesn't she doesn't want to watch anime. She's not interested. So when it comes to the main TV, I'm like, look, you just have the TV. You can be content. I'll I'll just play Switch or something. Go on my phone, <laughs> play a game. Which is um actually what I really want to do. I want to do is I want to get a TV. And I want to put it on one of those um, wheelie trolleys. <laughs> that if, uh, like, when you guys went to school, you probably remember these, or maybe if you work in a, if you're like working in conference halls or whatever, I'm not quite sure. But you can like put a TV on this uh, on this mount, and you can wheel it around. I want I want like a forty three inch TV, which I can wheel around the house, so I can play it in my like my games room here. I can wheel it into the bedroom. I can uh, like wheel it in front of me when I'm sitting on the couch with my wife, and like you know lower it down and play um play console games that way. Um, that's what I want to do. So maybe if that happens, I can um I'll watch more anime. But I don't know. I could just use my iPad as well. But actually, what I actually really want to watch is um the the uh, Digimon the uh, the rebooted Digimon Adventures anime. I think that looks pretty cool. Basically, like a retelling of the Digimon anime back in the day. But different. But yeah, I think that's all I got for you. Thanks for that, Dane. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Thank you very much for for listening to um, this episode of the House of Mario. I really do appreciate it um, because you know, s- sitting here talking to myself, it's a lot of fun. But um, you know, just knowing that there's uh, at least a, a handful of you guys out there that are listening as well. I hope you got a kick out of. It. I hope you enjoyed. But um, what I think I will start doing for the show as well is. At the end of each episode, I want to um, play a little bit of a game with you guys. And no, it's not a, it's not a, not a sick game. It's uh, basically I want to play. I'm going to play a sound for you guys, and uh, I want you to go to the YouTube channel and uh, find the episode on the YouTube channel, or, or you might be listening to this on YouTube.com/slash/idruby, and go to the comment section and 
have a guess at what the sound is. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and uh, let me know what you guys think the sound sound will be. Um, I don't know. Could be a bit of fun. I've got uh, got the sound effects here. So this one in particular, it might be obvious, but there's a little bit of a twist to it. So it's a very specific instance of this sound. So let's play it. Right, that was a bit bit weird, but I think you got the idea of it. For some reason, that audio file was like in two two pieces. So I think uh, you guys know what it is, but you know, listen to it a little bit more carefully. It isn't just your standard affair. So guys, thank you very much for listening to episode 238 of the House of Mario. I really do appreciate it. If you like to support the show, go and subscribe over at youtube.com slash idruby. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash idruby and just leave an Apple podcast review and let me know what you think that sound was. But uh, until next time, guys, the doors to the House of Mario, they're closed. I'll catch you later.